is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. And while you're there, you can go check out our pin post on X, where you can also go to the description of each show on YouTube and the listening platforms and find the same exact thing that's year six of Rocket Around the 412. You can check that out. It is our Christmas fundraiser over the past five years. We've been able to raise over $25,000 with the help of everybody who's donated, and we would love to continue to do so. If you can donate, please do. If not, just please share the mission. We want to get as many eyes on it as possible um, to help out as many children as possible. That's kind of how it works. The more money, the more kids we can help out. So if you want to read about that, it is in the description of each of these shows as well as our pin post on X. And while you're there in the description, you can check out the Everything Custom Designs links. We've got a Facebook and an Etsy link. It's our friend Haley Wagner. You want to help support a small business? This is the best way to do so. We've got some customized clothing, whether it comes from Pittsburgh. Uh, we got some around the 412 stuff. She does all sorts of stuff, including some of the holidays. You can get a customized kitchen apron. Smitty just mentioned on the Steelers episode at the very end that he uh get some customized you can get some customized uh thanksgiving pajamas because that was a tradition for his household or if you like my mm-hmm. household you can get some customized christmas pajamas so if you want to check that out go check out the facebook or the etsy link you're just not going to be able to get a hat but maybe a santa hat we're still tbd on that one but go check that mm-hmm. out might as well ask her if we're gonna keep talking about it but yeah that's i true. haven't so um i'm gonna try to get through this Tyler and I feel like we'd be remiss to be doing a Penguins podcast and not bring up the the tragic loss of Adam Johnson um, that the hockey world suffered since our last recording. Um, played for the Pittsburgh Penguins for a period of time, only scored one goal in the NHL. It came as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins in his hometown against Minnesota, which is so awesome. This, you know, the way that this happens um, is literally the, I think a thought that most hockey players have is like a worst case scenario. Like, you know, I've heard other hockey players talk about it. Like they'd be lying if they said that that thought didn't creep into their mind that this is possible. We've seen similar situations uh, to this happen in the past, but, you know, to this magnitude, you know, just rocking the hockey world the way that it does, at least for me. And maybe this is more because of the age of social media that we live in, the coverage that everything gets. I don't remember one single moment, you know, rocking the hockey world the way that this one has. And, you know, it just, it carries so much weight. I haven't been able to to stop thinking about it. I had trouble watching the Penguin game the other night because of this incident happening and just wondering, man, how are, How's their hockey game going on right now when we just saw what happened during a different hockey game? Granted, not an NHL hockey game. And that thought has just kind of been on my mind. And, you know, as somebody that has obviously watched hockey take place for so long without the added protection of neck guards and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not one to to tell guys what they're comfortable or not comfortable with. But, man, I have a hard time thinking that those would not be a good idea going forward um they can obviously mandate them at lower levels as they have done but in the nhl that's something that you know kind of has to be put on the table until they can negotiate that to be able to mandate that you know it took them 20 years of negotiating visors before they were able to get players to start wearing them um this this one incident like i said i think is going to carry a lot of weight in terms of 
the way that things change, but um, just absolutely crushing loss. Um, obviously for, for his family, for his friends, for so many people in the Penguins organization was really hard to watch like P.O. Joseph talk about the situation, you know, guys that have played with him and stuff like that. Um, obviously, you know, heart goes out to anybody that knew him. And, uh, I know that there's like an investigation that they have to do right now would, would really like to think that there was no intent behind that happening because I would like to offer my condolences to that person as well, because I can't imagine having to live with that going Mm -hmm. forward. Um, so again, really hope that there was no intent behind that or anything like that. All of his teammates, everybody that knew him, this, this one hurt. This one hurt. Yeah, it was shocking. And then th- that's the word that, that I think best describes it. It's just shocking. You mm-hmm. obviously everyone who has ever played the game, watched the game. And like you said, in their back of their mind, they know that this could be a possibility. The, the way everything happened. But while us as fans are watching the game and the players are playing the game, the coaches are on the bench and all that sort of stuff, even though that's come to the back of their mind at one point or another, that's that's something you almost never think about when it comes to hockey, when it comes to sports in general. So to have this happen, it's it's a reminder that, I mean, for one, these guys are human. These these guys, I mean, and uh, that that may seem obvious, but like uh, at times we think of athletes as superhuman, or or growing up we saw them as like invincible. Clearly, that's not the case. Case, and clearly, this is a game, but it is a tough game. It is a a very serious matter, and obviously, bad things can happen in the game, and that doesn't change how great the game can be, but. It's a very somber moment to to really recognize what can happen in a circumstance like this. And I, I think that's kind of the realization that the hockey world saw whenever that happened this past weekend. Um, it's just a reminder that this is a very real thing. It's it's something that, while it doesn't happen very often, um, it, it's something that could. And so, like you said... Um, we, we may see things with like the Kevlar neck guards, all that sort of stuff. Um, that's up for the league to decide. But what I do want to say about this whole situation that, that, um, cause I, I don't want to just be repeating everything that you said. I thought it was awesome that the penguins, instead of having a moment of silence, had a moment yeah. of fear for him and that the, the, the fans in, PPG Paints Arena were able to express that and, and and give that for Adam one last time. And the I thought it was awesome to have the the Penguins and the Ducks players encircled around the logo and, and just experience that whole moment together. I mean, it was it was definitely like you could tell this is this is different than an, uh, someone that's with it from the organization that has passed away. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the circumstance. Like still so young, still had a, a lot of life left and suddenly and tragically taken away. I think that that was an awesome moment for the Penguins to have before the game against the Ducks. Um, and I thought that that was an awesome um, ceremony that they, they put on. And yeah, I, I think that this is a basically a wake-up call for not just the NHL, but just like fans in general and 
and um, the whole hockey world as a sport that it, it, it makes everything real. Um, even though it is just a game, it, 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 it makes it real when something like this happens. So moving forward, obviously we're eventually going to forget uh, um, that not necessarily that forget that this happened, but it's not going to be in our minds every single time we see a hockey game anymore. But I wonder what the changes are going to be to the game because of this. And like you said, it took a long time for visors to get mandated. I wonder how long it even took for helmets to get mandated. I mean, we're talking about hockey now. They, they used to not rock, rock the lids. So yeah. I wonder what changes are going to come from hockey in just a general sense. Like, are we going to see neck guards um, in like that are like made out of Kevlar or whatever they were going to make them out of? Are those going to be mandated eventually in the future? Because I think that that's something that Gary Bettman in the NHL and Gary Bettman was actually on Pat McAfee's show talking about that, um, talking about how it's it's required at some of the lower levels and like juniors and stuff, but not quite at the NHL yet. But they, they're still open for discussion. And they, he said, like, obviously, they have to do their research on everything. But I wonder what the implications are going to be for hockey as a sport in, in totality for this whole event. Um, but regardless of that, what, regardless of what happens, it's a tragic event, tragic for the Adam Johnson family and his friends and anybody that was close to him and, the, and his teammates on the Penguins organization, our hearts, hearts go out to them in this whole, whole moment. Um, and I also loved that on Twitter, it was basically like everybody recognized, like we're not going to show the, that clip, but we're going to show his, his oh, yeah. NHL goal. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was basically, in unison say like we are not going to to share the the one that everybody's thinking of we're going to share this highlight which is kind of what the penguins did in an essence of that moment of cheer like celebrating the life instead Mm -hmm. of mourning it yeah i mentioned this too you know say the the product on the ice for the penguins may not have been hasn't been good for, for or not good, but it hasn't been up to the standard that they've set and that we've come to expect over the last few seasons. But man, everything that they do off the ice is just first class, you know, and it continues to be. And I just felt like this was another moment of, of just that. They just do everything the right way when it's whether it's honoring somebody. Um, obviously, you know, when you have former players come back, everything that they do charity wise, like everything that they do, everything that they seem to touch just seems to turn to gold and end up being the right thing. And um, I, I think that they pressed the right button again in terms of how they chose to to honor the life of, of Adam Johnson. And, uh, you know, I, I'll be curious. I, I wouldn't – I don't know that this is going to happen. I think they should keep the 47 decals on the helmets the rest of the season. I'm not sure if that's something that's in play or not. Um, but, you know, th- there's certainly a way to honor somebody that was a, a member of the organization and – um, yeah, I, I think that I've kind of shared all my thoughts on it, uh, at this point, but, um, I'm, I'm very happy with the way that the, the penguins went about that entire tribute and, and, and hats off to the ducks as well. Cause I think they, and everybody in the hockey community, um, but definitely with the ducks taking part in specifically the penguins, uh, tribute to him. Um, really we, we talk about this anytime that we do, talk about something sad on here. We got to, you know, immediately transition into the actual hockey part of this to talk about uh, this game against the Ducks was just one and three that took place since our last podcast. 
Um, you know, they beat the Avalanche. And I think at that point, you know, Tristan Jari gets a shutout. You're getting some contributions um, from players that you really hadn't gotten up to that point, you know, um, and you're feeling really good about where this team is after that game. And, you know, maybe things are on the right track, especially because like the underlying numbers show that they shouldn't have been in the position that they were to start the season. So maybe the Avalanche game was, you know, kind of coming towards the mean here where they should be and getting things back on track. Nope. Uh, they follow that one up by losing to the Stars and Ducks in back-to-back games. And uh, and here we are, last place. Last place in not just the Metropolitan Division, but also the Eastern Conference as a whole. Um, was it the Senators? Oh, maybe it's maybe it's switched. Have they maybe they played another game since we went into last place? Uh, no, I'm saying didn't we lose because we we talked after the Stars game, didn't we? Oh, maybe maybe I oh you're saying I typed the wrong team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I you're, think it was the Senators. Right. You are right. Yep. Yeah. I I had I'm not trying, I had to, I'm not trying to call you out or anything, but <laughs> yeah, they lost. They lost. They lost. Okay. Period. And they are they are in last place in the Eastern Conference. Maybe we could take for Bedard this year. How wild is that to say? Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> no, but it's it's wild to me. Also, to bring this up, might as well since we're on the subject, that pick that we sent to San Jose is top ten protected. So yeah, it's not even a guarantee so... that, the, that the Sharks could get our first round pick this year. That's pretty funny. If uh, talk about a fleece job. <laughs> we're going to trade for Carlson in yeah. the tank. I don't know how, you know, next year's draft class is or how the two draft classes are going to be stacked up to each other. But yeah, imagine if this is like a really strong class and then like next year's class kind of stinks and it ends up working out to the Penn's benefit. The only team, you know, we talked about the Penguins being last place in the Eastern Conference. The Sharks are last place in the Western Conference. I don't have they won a game yet cuz last time I looked they had they were 08 and 1. The Sharks are 08 and 1 still okay so they haven't played a game yet yeah uh they stink so it'd be pretty funny if they don't even get the penguins first round pick out this year out of this whole thing but obviously we don't want that to happen because we want the penguins to be good yeah it's just unfortunate right um let's just get to it the penguins really just at their core right now stink that avalanche game was an outlier i I, i'm fully convinced of that 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 was an anomaly and yeah. that is what the Penguins team could be if they're playing well. But unfortunately for all of us Penguins fans, more often than not, they play like absolute dog water and they just get walked on up and down the ice. And they have defensive breakdowns in their own end. They don't capitalize on offensive chances. And a lot of the time they get piss poor goaltending. So you get all that in a combination, mix it all up, and you just get a terrible hockey team. You get a last-place hockey team in the Eastern Conference, one of the worst teams in the NHL right now. And I know a lot of you are probably saying, guys, they've they've played, what, eight games or, or however many they've played, ten games, um, nine games. I'm in, I'm in the middle. <laughs> you just said every number besides the actual number they played. Yep. They're probably like, guys, they played nine games. What are we talking about here? Why, why are you freaking out? I was like, because this is the same exact crap we dealt with last season, except right now you could argue that it's worse. And that's the, yeah, I, it's, it's really weird. I, I think it's like, as an outsider, if you're not watching the Penguins games and you just look at the underlying numbers, you have reason 
to hope that things are going to turn around. Because like oh, their they money don't look... puck stuff after every single game. Yeah, their their win a meter is off the charts every single game against yeah. the Ducks. There was like oh, after five hundred simulations, they win eighty eight percent of them. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but here's the thing: when you watch the games, you can understand why they are a good transition team that puts a high volume of pucks on net. The problem is. They're unscreened shots. Like any NHL goalie is stopping a majority of the pucks and chances that they are the, that they put on net, and the chances they give up are golden. They give up a ton of chances from the slot. They give up a ton of chances around the front of the net. They don't clear out the front of the net. They're getting bad goaltending right now from Tristan Jari, which is a continuation of last year. They're getting nothing from. Actually, I can't even say the bottom six because I think the third line's been really good. Maybe their second best line right now. Um, but they're getting nothing from the fourth line. It's unplayable. Two of the three guys probably need swapped at this point. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't think Sid's necessarily been particularly good. You're not getting offensive production from your blue line. There's there are You're so many things. Raquel. Ricard Raquel hasn't scored a goal this year. Um, there, there's there's a lot of holes within this team right now that I think if you are just in a an unbiased observer looking from the outside and just, you know, looking at the advanced stuff, maybe looking at the box stores, putting them together, thinking, okay, there's no way the Penguins are going to continue to do this because everything suggests that they're a much better hockey team. But man, I'm telling you, if you are a Penguins fan that's watched this team, you know, they are going to find a new way to lose night in night out. They did it again against the ducks five on three power play to win the game. Not only do they not score on it, they give up a goal with 14 seconds left or something like that. Uh, as that first penalty expires to the guy coming out of the box to lose that one, they don't even get a point after go- getting a five-on-three power play to end the game. I, that's a new one for, for us. They, they found yet another way to do it. They just keep adding on to this. For the oldest team in the league, with as much experience as they have, they look like a bunch of guys that have no idea how to close out a game. And even on that power play process, just completely, what what were they doing? Like they were just passing the puck around. Nobody that doesn't have the puck is moving. Nobody's going to the front of the net, screening the goalie. Nobody's creating any havoc on the ice. Everything is a mess right now. I, that's why I don't even know where to start. I'm just talking in circles. There's so many things wrong with this team. Speaking of that game against the Ducks specifically, where we gave up the goal with 14 yeah. odd seconds left or not, our friend, and if if you are close to us, you probably know him, Nick Gregoric, texted me. Um, friend. About, uh, uh, friend, yeah. <laughs> about, how, about how Jari was going to give up a terrible goal in overtime, and then he changed it a couple minutes later and said late in the third, asterisk. And this was with like 16 minutes to go in the third period. Mm, yeah. And then I just texted him. Like 20 minutes after that, there it is. That <laughs> like it was perfect because he set it up for it to happen. And he texted me yeah. and replied to that. There it is, and said, I knew it. Even tried to reverse jinx it, and it still wasn't enough. Like mm-hmm. this, this team just finds ways to lose, and they're not changing anything. And I think that's part of the problem. And I I wonder what is it going to take for Mike Sullivan and this team to make changes what's it going to take for like like who i want to know who is the ultimate decider about who is going to be in the lineup and not when it, when it comes to guys being called up and guys being sent down who is the ultimate decider is that is that more on dubis or is that more on sullivan like does 
does he say, I don't want these guys here anymore, and Dubas makes a move? Or is Dubas saying, like, hey, this isn't working out. We need to switch something yeah. up. That's, that's something that I'm really curious of because at this point, something has to change. Um, it, you're, you're sticking with the same guys, and it's clearly not working. Like I said, that Avalanche game, complete outlier uh, amongst a a really bad two weeks, um, honestly. I, I, I think that the main thing is it's it's a little bit of everywhere. It's not what we expected because we really expected it to just be the bottom six as a whole. And maybe the defense a little bit, maybe goaltending. But like it, we expected it to just be the bottom six. And like you said, the third line hasn't been that bad of, of late. But then you've got mm-hmm. guys like Ricard Raquel, who I still think is a great player. But I just don't think he plays well with Malkin. And I think he needs to be back with Sid. But for some reason, and it's probably just Sid's comfortability with Gensel and Rust, that's just not going to happen. But I think if you want your best Ricard Raquel, you got to put him up with Sid. And you got to rearrange that fourth line. And you have to, I don't, what do you do about Jari, by the way? Let's just dive into that because we don't know where to talk about with this team. Jari, despite having two shutouts on the season, has looked bad yeah. for the majority of the season. Um, I, I, and we talked about this when you gave him that contract extension. It was basically a, we don't want to. We just kind of have to at this point because of the way that the trade market was, the goalie market, and free agency. There was nothing the Penguins could really do to to change their goaltender situation in a way that Tristan Jari was not going to be the the goaltender moving forward because of how bad the market was. And we talked about it, and it's like, this is going to go two ways. Obviously, he's either going to play in a good fashion, and he's going to prove a lot of people wrong that said a lot of bad things about that contract. Or, and I said, by year two, the contract is going to look bad. Maybe I should have just said by year one, but I wanted to give him a little benefit of the doubt but I feel like we've been doing that an awful lot for Tristan Jari as of late and, and over the past couple of seasons. He has not looked good. And I think the main thing and the most damning thing for Tristan Jari right now is you do not get a save when you need it. He, I don't care how many how many routine saves he makes throughout a game. If if like obviously that goal that they led up in that Ducks game was an absolute backbreaker. I'm not going to blame that all on Jari because they had the, the, the five on three, which I mean, it wasn't a five on three at that point, but they let up a breakaway. They shouldn't have. So I'm not going to say that's all on Jari, but it's like how many goalies in this league could have made a save on that? Or like, would, would you expect to make a save in that situation better than Jari? I think that's the thing that has been killing Jari the most. And it's not just that goal. There's several goals this season and even in that game where it's just like, man, you just got to make a save on that. I mean, there was the one that went under his arm. And I'm just like, that's something that you just have to have, man. You you need to have it. It's, it's just a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, 
it kind of we we <laughs> we knew this was a possibility. Obviously, we knew this was a possibility. Right now, sixty first in the NHL with minus two point six four goals save above expected. Uh, the company around him is it's kind of odd because there is some decent goaltenders in here. The likes of Alexander Georgiev, uh, Ilya Samsonov is is in here as well. Jacob Markstrom, um, but then there are a lot of bad goaltenders. Obviously, uh, you know, name familiar name here. Mark Andre Fleury, just a little bit above him, minus one point six nine goal save above expected. To your point, it just goes to show how bad he is when he is bad because he has two shutouts on the year already too. Um, I, you just it, there's no trust level for me. I think that's the thing is you know he can go an entire game holding the team down and then just feel like he's going to collapse in the third period, like the last five minutes, just like the team in front of him does too. It is a team effort in my opinion to do so but man he has certainly not helped his case in terms of kind of reshaping the narrative that a lot of people had about him coming into the season there were a lot of people including the two of us that were really questioning that contract not so much the amount per year but especially a five-year commitment to him and uh it's it's not looking good obviously just a few games into this thing and um I, I don't know what the solution is. You know, you don't have an Adelkovich behind him to turn to uh, in, in case that this continues. You know, I don't, I wouldn't anticipate them giving Helberg an extended look. Like I, I in with the commitment they've made to Jari, you think he's going to have a relatively long leash too. It, it's on him to figure it out to his credit. I mean, you know, he's taken ownership of it at least, you know, that's something you can say for him. He knows that he hasn't been good enough. Um, but, that means nothing if he can't also turn it around after acknowledging that. What would you say, um, like for example, like a, a defense and in, in football, like we we say all the time, like oh they gave they gave the Steelers and the offense a chance to win. This is more just a single stat, but like goals against. What would you say a goalie would have to have like on average per game to like say like the goalie gave their team a chance to win? Like, how many goals would that be? Mm. I feel like there's a huge difference between... On an average game, too, by the way. Because every hockey game's different. In my I'll just, I'll just like, say what I was thinking. Like, on my mind, I think if you gave up two or less goals, you're giving your team a chance oh, well, to win yeah. the game. Sure. I think the biggest difference is between three and four. Yeah. I, I think so too, and and well, that's that's the tier mark um, for Jari right now. In yeah. his two shutouts, obviously he hasn't helped, given up any goal, but in every single one of his games outside of those shutouts, he's lit up either three or four goals. Jeez. He's given up four goals yeah. three times and then three goals twice. So it's not like he's getting losses where the team just isn't scoring, and he, but he's giving up like one goal or two goals, like he's giving up a, a numerous amount of goals in each of these games outside of those two shutouts too. Yeah, Not to say no, that those are all his fault, but it, it's something that's curious to me. Like, well, no, not, but like, like not a lot goals, of one goal games against him. Goals save above expected is a stat that takes into account the play in front of him. He's 61st in the league in that. I mean, you know, you're yeah. not even talking about giving getting average play from him right now. Like, man, a lot of the names in here are like, you know, career backup goaltenders or guys that should be backups uh, to see Tristan Jari within this company in year one of a five-year contract is very discouraging. Not to mention the injury history he has. 
Yeah, and then when you add all the other problems this team has on top of it, when it comes to the lack of scoring in the bottom six and the line combinations and the pairing combinations that we don't love and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't bode well for a winning hockey team if you if you don't have anything else figured out on top of that that goaltending problem. I, I think they have their work cut out for them. I, I think that they need to make changes and they need to make, make them now. I, I'm, I don't think that they need to to run this experiment, especially of a fourth line out. I think that they need to shape up their or shake up their their top two lines as well. Like move Raquel up and just have Russ go down. Clearly, Riley Smith and Malkin have some sort of chemistry. You can yeah. see that. Riley Smith yeah. has, has, has been great this season. Raquel does not have chemistry with Malkin. And I think that's been hidden a little bit because Riley Smith and Malkin have been scoring goals. Obviously, like you and I are going to to call out Raquel like not having a goal this season, not putting up points, not really being that much in the offensive zone in, in general, like a presence. But I think that's hidden a lot from from just the, the consensus of fans because what they see from Riley Smith and Gino, they just see him on that line and figure that he's playing well. Well, he's not. And I could tell you what would probably make it better is when he plays with Sid. I think that that needs to change. The bottom line needs to change. The, 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 honestly, the, the the third line is probably the only thing that doesn't need to change right now as, yeah. as, as of this very moment. And mm-hmm. I, I think that they need to, to bring up some new guys, get some new blood in here. And I don't really care how many carousels you have to go through to find the right combination because as of right now, the combination is not working. So if the next one doesn't work, you're, it's just more of the same. It's not like you're making your team any worse than it is right now. So just find the right combination of what you're working with because you're going to have to, especially you're going to need the best combination with the conversation that we were just talking about with Jari. You need the best combination in front of him if you want him to perform better too. You know, and, and speaking of shaking up the, the fourth line here, I don't you think that this is kind of why they built the team the way that they did? Like when Kyle Dubas added as many bottom six capable players as he did, wouldn't you think it's it, it's the benefit of that is you can have a short leash because you have so many guys sitting in the AHL right now that are bottom six capable? I know Sam Poon and Valtteri Pustin are hurt right now. Colin White, Nylander, um, you know, Vinny Hinestraza, Andreas Janssen. Like, there's so many guys. And I think Vinny Hinestraza, is he still up here, but as a healthy scratch? Yeah. He, so, but okay. So I would still include him there, though, too. Like, you have so many guys. Yeah. yeah. That could take the place of Jeff Carter, Matt Nieto. I, I wouldn't say Achari yet. I think that he's he's been okay. I think he's the one guy on the fourth line that I've, I feel like has been okay. Throws his body around, kills penalties. I think he's fine in that role. Nieto and Carter have been unnoticeable. And I think that the way that Dubis kind of went about this offseason, the benefit of him doing this was to have a short leash with those guys. Well, we talked about it in the episodes like leading up to the opening of this season. They had like five or six guys that they could be competing for the last spot in the lineup of what our projected lines were going to be. And so when you have that luxury to have that many guys that could be an NHL caliber player, I think that they would be dumb to not do that. And especially the way that the team has played thus far, I I feel like you need to. You need to improve that line. You need to improve your team. Keeping Throwing out the same lines every single game 
and expecting the same result should be a mental disorder because that is ridiculous. What do you expect to change from from having the same people doing the same exact things every single game? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Jeff Carter is not going to come back. Jeff Carter from 2014. Hell, Jeff Carter from 2021, right after the Penguins traded for him, is not coming back. You just need to end that experiment and find someone new. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Here's the thing. If maybe they don't have the personnel, regardless of the way that you switch things up, maybe you are just rearranging furniture and aren't going to get better results. You're not going to know unless you try. There's literally no harm in them because you're getting nothing from these guys right now. If you were getting anything from them and you were like, eh, maybe there's more to be had, then okay, I get it. But going from nothing to nothing, who cares? Even if it is, let's let's give it a let's give it a try. Experiment with it again. I think that was the benefit of adding this many bottom six type players. You need to do it. You need to do it. And I think we're back to this week having a weird NHL schedule, or at least Penguins. Yeah, schedule I mean they played Monday and then not again till Saturday. So, yeah, and then they 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 play Saturday and then they don't play till Tuesday. So. That means we're either recording on Monday or Wednesday. So depending on the night we record, you might only hear about one new game. So maybe we'll like record we on Wednesday just because yeah, I feel like we, we won't have enough to record about. Yeah. But they do play the Ducks again. So maybe yeah. it's right. round two with the Ducks, and maybe they can actually improve some things. And maybe we'll have some new players playing against the Ducks. I doubt it, but they need to. Yeah, I, I think that they got to get a look. I'm... I'm at that point. I've been at that point, though. So I feel like I'm just yelling into a void at this point. Um, All right. I think that will do it. Let us know in the comments what you guys think. How can the Penguins try to jumpstart things? Obviously, on the surface, the easiest thing is give two of these guys a shot for Nieto and Carter and flip Raquel and Rust and see what happens there. But don't know if that's going to take place. Um, Like I mentioned at the beginning, be sure to check out the description where you can find year six of rock around the 412. We've raised over $25,000 in the first five years of doing it. We are back again this year. We got about a month and some change, eh, probably about six weeks. Um, still do collect funds. Every single penny that is donated goes directly to providing Christmas for kids in our 724 and 412 areas, as well as helping out the East Rochester Angel Tree, which we partnered up with last year in the name of our late friend Dalton Keene. Um, if you guys know anything about their mission or want to learn more about their mission, you can go to their Facebook page. They have their own thing. They share basically everything that they do with these kids. But, you know, they also operate as a food bank. They operate as a church. Every single kid that goes there learns an instrument. They do so much for these kids uh, that people don't know about. And it's really cool. So we are very happy to adopt some of the kids there for Christmas time. Uh, and like I said, in the name of our late friend. Dalton Keen. Also down below, you will see the Facebook and Etsy pages for everything custom designs, which is the small business of our friend Haley Wagner. Get yourself a custom shirt, custom hoodie, custom sweatpants, uh, maybe some custom pajamas, as, as Tyler mentioned at the beginning. This ain't happening. This ain't happening. You can't get a custom hat. Not just even this specific hat. You can't get a hat of any kind Anything. right now. So, um, But you, know, you can hassle her about that messenger. Actually, if I'm not, she was definitely a finalist, but I believe that she won best in the Valley for best small new business. Oh, hey, there so, you go. Yeah. There you go. Or not, best new small business. I don't know if I said that right the first time, if I just said best, best. new small business, best in yes. the Valley, best new small business. Yep. So shout out to Haley for that awesome stuff. Um, so go check her out. Uh, but other than that, 
for Tyler, for Smitty. This has been the Around the 412 Penguin Show. You can go check out another video popping up right now, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.